Log Talk Radio. Hello, everyone out there, and you are live tonight. This is Monday, and this is the breakdown. And of course, you already know we have Sharifa Hardy. Well, actually, let me say Miss Sharifa Hardy and Mr. Marvin Showtime Williams. I don't know why I added all these dang syllables to my name, Marvin Showtime Williams. That's like magic. Okay, I don't even go there. How y'all doing tonight on this Monday evening? And Sharifa Hardy, how are you doing? I am excellent. I am excellent. I am excellent. Thank you for that wonderful invitation. I think I added the the Marvin Showtime Williams to the everything, and you've just been using it in the introduction. But it, you Showtime. We got to be like, Showtime is here. You know what? Showtime is my alter ego. And I remember, mm-hmm. you know, I do love the fact that you brought it up. And you know, you know how I got that name on accident, but for real? Did I? No. How did you get that? No, you didn't. Uh, I was I was working with Dion Warwick's son, my boy Damon Elliott, who did a lot of music for like you know Bone Thugs, and he did movie music for the movie Fame and stuff like that. And mm-hmm. he was like knocking out a gang of records and like Interscope Records or whatever. And mm-hmm. when me and Damon met, we had the craziest meeting because like you know guys in entertainment they ain't got no time. So his mm-hmm. assistant, who I knew was like, damn, you got to work with Marv because I was crazy with them graphics, right? So he was like, mm-hmm. oh, you got to work with Marv, you got to work with Marv. Now, Damon didn't care about me, nor did I necessarily care about him, right? So his, his assistant put us together. And his, his assistant would come meet me in a couple of different locations in L.A., and then he was trying to get us into the studio together. And then one day, I think Damon started working on a different album for somebody. I think it was for Fame the Movie, for MGM, matter of fact. And then um, his assistant was like, oh, Damon's in the studio. He's in L.A. for a few weeks. You need to meet. I think you guys will be magic. And I remember I went to the studio the first day after I I wasn't trying to go to no studio because I was already in Interscope Records. But Damon was in the studio, but he didn't see me. So I, I waited for about an hour, and I was like, this dude, this brother didn't even, like, see me. Like, why am I here? So I left, and then his assistant knew I was a little bit disgruntled. But he talked me into coming back another day a few days later. And I was like, whatever, man. And only because of your enthusiasm am I doing this. And then I went to go, and then – they ushered me into the studio room, and Damien was in there, and I thought we was going to meet, and there were, like, about 10 people in there. And Damien was meeting with all of them. Like, it's a, it's a reality show. And he's talking to each one, like, for a few minutes. And I'm like, this dude is crazy. And then he got to me, and he was like, man, you know, I ain't got no time, man. You got to tell me everything you're about in, like, 15 seconds. I thought he was kidding. So I laughed, and he was like, no, but I'm for real. And I was like, what? So I actually was game, and I just went through this whole Showtime elevator pitch, but quick. 15 seconds, boom, boom, pow. And it's funny because Damien, like, literally, like, kicked everyone out of the studio. And then me and him became really cool friends because me talking to him, you know, music got, music guys are always getting inspired a lot of times by visual um, stimulation. And that's crazy to say, but they'll have, like, movies on. They'll have this on. They'll have that on. And if anybody knows my work, I'm very visual. So whether it's graphics, whether it's edits, whatever, it's visual. So me and Damien began, like, a really cool friendship where he would just be like, oh, Marv, let's do this, let's do that. And it was actually working, like, making us money with a lot of clients. So then that's when he nicknamed me Showtime. He's like, nah, you got to let Showtime show you this piece. And then all of a sudden, I was just showing stuff. And then all of a sudden, I was Showtime. And I use it as, like, my alter ego. So whenever I get mad and I go really graphic-y on people, I go into, like, Showtime mode. And that was probably my nickname that was given to me about eight years ago. 
Wow, I love it. I love it. I love it. Mm-hmm. Showtime. So it's my it's, it's my alter ego. Mm-hmm. I love so it. So I I whenever I'm like like proving a point, but I don't feel like saying Marvin Williams did it. It's like Showtime mm-hmm. did it. So yeah. yeah. Um, and now we got a post production company. And now we over here making graphics like like the big boys. And all I'm trying to do now is add computers and a radio we're no show. Different than like, yeah, we're, radio we're we're no show. different than. Yeah, we're no different than um. I mean, and I look at for the people listening. It's like you know, again, we love creating stuff out of air. But when you actually understand intellectual property and know the steps in creating new businesses, um, that's why you know Sharif and I are really on the radio to talk to you. But we're only on the radio for so long because you know, after a while, this will become very visual, and we'll add to the radio component, and um, that's what will happen. And then hopefully, people get inspired to go out there and go get it because there's nothing stopping anyone from going to pursue their dream. It's just the know-how and then that uncertainty because nobody wants to fail. So hopefully along the way, along their path, we'll give them a lot of know-how, a lot of courage, ambition, and some showtime and some Sharifa. And then (laughs) they'll go get it. That's what I'm hoping. Well, I love it. It sounds good. It sounds like a plan. It's a plan. That's why we are here. That's right. So today on Monday on this um, breakdown episode, we're going to continue our conversation from last week, from Friday when we were discussing Monique, the Netflix boycott, women um, offers on Netflix, women's offers on Netflix, which are lower than the offers for um, other male comedians. And then they also mm-hmm. added in Amy. Amy Schumer, mm-hmm. I think her name. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. did you have a chance or opportunity to check out the video over the weekend since you hadn't seen it on Friday? You know, I saw only bits and pieces of it, and that's only because, funny enough, my phone was tripping. So when I had a little bit of time, I was looking and I was outside, and then mm-hmm. I was just in, like bad service areas. So I never had a chance to really look at everything. And that's not trying to make an excuse that everybody knows that you know we get very busy. This happened to be one of my most busiest weekends. I don't know mm-hmm. how it even popped up like that, and then I, it was hard. So even up to this point, I've been re- ripping and running because if anybody sees social media, we're in between now um, a few productions, right? When I mm-hmm. literally mean a few, like, you know, the movie dropping over there, TV series, TV series over here, a large – we're actually putting together something that's crazy, which is a movement in between the Philippines and the Los Angeles through um, as, as a film bridge, as a film hub, which is crazy. And – there's just been a lot of work. So um, the time that I've had to look at the, the video when I was reminded, um, reminding myself, my day cell phone coverage, I'm not docking Verizon, but I'm just saying the tower didn't work for me. I ain't saying nothing else. No, I, I like Verizon. I love Verizon, too. I've been with them. That's why I'm not knocking them. Maybe we, they're going to turn to probably some uh, wonderful sponsors for us and we can get some free Verizon with cell towers that, Cell towering. Wonderful, I love it. But so, going back to going back to going back to the train ride that you're on, because as people are gonna say, yes. gonna be like this. I like listening to Mars Shreve and now Sharifa asks such elegant questions, and she sounds so intelligent and smart. How the heck does she get Marvin as a host? Because she asks him questions, and he gonna talk about the moon and Verizon. No, people, it's not exactly. like that. I'm on the Earth with Sharifa. We're just giving you our different polar. 
a commentary, right? Personality? And she, they're gonna be, yeah. they're gonna be like, they're gonna, they're gonna be like, well, y'all sound bipolar with both of y'all talking. It's not it. It's just that Sharif is talking about it one side, and I'm trying to talk about the other. But we will come together. You know what I'm saying? Like fire and gasoline. That's what I'm saying. Ooh, fire and gasoline. Mhm. Wow. That that's you know that's hot right there. Um, exactly. Okay. So what was interesting and what was what I, I thought was amazing follow up to yesterday is that Tiffany Haddish was just offered eight hundred thousand mm. by Netflix. Mm. Apparently, because I'm following this all on social media, and apparently she was offered eight hundred thousand. Um, Tiffany Haddish tweeted out that the offer was made made to her prior to Monique's boycott, and then Monique tweeted out to mm. Tiffany Haddish, basically, "I am mad at you, girl. Do your thing. Get your money. You know, it's all good." So I just mm. thought that it was it was rather interesting the way things are changing and unfolding. And even on the Breakfast Club, when Monique did the Breakfast Club, um, Charlemagne kept saying, Tiffany Haddish, Tiffany Haddish, Tiffany Haddish. So maybe Tiffany mm-hmm. Haddish will be one of those people who, you know, can break that um, glass ceiling and get some of those higher numbers. She was offered more than Monique, but yet she was still offered less than a million dollars. Well, you have to realize this, too. Again, I talk about it like, you know, this is where you have a case to make people look dumb and your case is proven. I call it the Excel sheet theory. When everybody's making any decisions, looking at the numbers on the Excel sheets, if you walk in with your Excel sheet and you're like, look, I'm in X amount of homes, I got this kind of viewership, and this person who's in the exact same amount of homes, or maybe I'm in more homes, or maybe I have a wider audience, or maybe my metrics are different. You got to do your homework. We all, I think in, 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 in entertainment, you know, there's a certain level of competition because everything is all about, oh, this movie was number one. That actor is the highest paid. This person is getting this much money. I think it's very hard not to be competitive or not to look around you and say, oh, I want this too, I want that too, and then scratch your head when it doesn't happen. Now, I'm not saying biases aren't real, and I'm not saying that they're not there. I'm not saying that isms are not there, you know what I'm saying, whether it's racism or sexism. I'm not saying that. I'm just simply saying that you are empowered to, to, to break through that ceiling when you have the right information. And that information then serves as rocket fuel to get things done. Much like in the civil rights movement, the, movement, the rocket fuel was the media taking pictures and snapshots of the movement altogether and looking at the social injustices, but you were looking at that through the actual concrete media which said, what is wrong here? You get what I'm saying? So sometimes... Yeah. You need the fuel, and the fuel is not just us saying, oh, I'm not making enough. The fuel is let me get my data, let me get my images, let me get my, my information, walk into this meeting and say, how you like me now? And then it absolutely is an injustice if you're saying, look, I got X, Y, and Z. Why is that still happening? Then everybody in the room can't help but know the pink elephant in the room is like, oh, we still making business off one of those isms. You get what I'm saying? We're still doing business off of that isms matrix. You get what I'm saying? And when you expose it, you don't need to do any more, you know? Um, 
that's all it is. So I think anything from whether it's Tiffany Haddish or whether it's anybody, even whether it's male versus female, just like, you know, on the Caucasian tip, because I've seen even those females over there saying, we don't make as much money as these dudes. And then they bring it to like the Golden Globes. They do it like this. And they're like, wow, this is the first female to win in like uh, 60 years. And it's going, cra- it's crazy now. You see what I'm saying? They're like, damn, mm-hmm. 60 years? Oh, this is not interesting. And my numbers could be off in terms of 60, but you get my point. When you begin to put data over there, it makes everybody in the room look around and be like, dang. We haven't let a woman win, win for like 60 years or when you say president number 44. You know what I'm saying? Dang. 44 presidents is the first black one? Dang, that's saying a lot. You see what I'm saying? So just walk in with your data, walk in with your information, and make sure that, you know, you're hitting like you want to hit. I know that, you know, Clear Channel, whoever messing around with us, at the end of the day, they're going to have two minorities male and female coming with all the data. I'm going to go in there with a whole laptop full of stuff. I'm going to be like, we do this, we do that, we in over here, we over there, we on the moon, Mars likes us, we go over here, we grow it over there, now we're out check. <laughs> right. That part. Right there. I'm going to say, I'm going to say, Steve Harvey made that much money, Rush Limbaugh made that much money, this one made that much money, and we have all this kind of audience. Even the sea turtles listen to us, we're our money. Right. Let's get back to where the money. Where is the money? Show yeah, the me money. And, the and, money. And, and, yeah, and, and, and I'm not mad at Monique. I'm just thinking that, you know, and, and she's even she, she's right on so many different accords because she's exposing it. Like I said, we just had a different way we, we, would, we would, as people, parlay that information, you know. But the point is, look, she opened up Pandora's box, the cat's out the bag, and uh, it's running around like a baby Jurassic Park character. That's all. Yeah, but what I would like to see is what – you know, what happens next? I always like to see the after effects of, all, you know, all of this brouhaha, what is actually going to happen to um, Monique's career. I saw a couple of people who stood up for her, like Chance the Rapper um, has been really a vocal advocate of Monique. Uh, I saw a couple of other people who were posting the black man needs to stand up for the black woman. And one of the things I didn't have the opportunity to discuss on Friday on last week's show, what stood out to me was that when Monique was on the breakfast club and she was speaking and she kept saying, my brother, my sister, you know, and it's just sometimes, and this is not specific to Monique, even though I'm referencing her her conversation, but when we, um, want people sometimes to agree with us or to come on board with us or to see our position, we make it into, uh, you know, now you're my sister, my brother, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. When before yeah. that, it was really strictly business. It was, it's just business. It's about Monique getting her money, getting her sales, getting her, you know, her um, acknowledgement for the work that she's done. But one thing that I was real curious uh, as to, she said that she is the most decorated comedian alive. And uh, when she said that, nobody mentioned anything or challenged that statement. I was like, hmm, I actually kind of wonder mm. what she means by the most decorated comedian alive. Like, what, do, what does that even mean in her world? Well, obviously she got decorations and people ain't necessarily paying attention to. That's why her checks so low. But the point is, um, and I'm saying that in a funny but a serious way. You know, we all, and it goes back to what I'm saying from the standpoint of, you know, as, as entertainers, they get competitive. And they're like, oh, I got mm-hmm. this accolade, that accolade, this accolade. And like I'm saying, I, I really think inside Monique's camp, there's things being said to her. Like, oh, you're the most decorated mm-hmm. comedian alive, but 
when you have to say that, and someone like you, you know what I'm saying, an African-American female who's listening to her, who's in entertainment, has a question mark? Like, huh? What does that mean? <laughs> That's when. Mm-hmm. And you're, you're in entertainment, and you're a sister and a female, and you scratch your head like, ooh, what did what, she just say? There yeah. you have a disconnect. You got an honest disconnect because obviously that's the same disconnect that Netflix has. You know what I'm saying? Right. So you probably away from saying that on the Breakfast Club, you're probably saying that Netflix. Like I'm the most decorated, you know, uh, comedian alive. Alive. Well, first of all, Netflix loves Dave Chappelle. You know, you can see the way that they program their joints. They love certain comedians. So now you're right. dealing with the executives and their isms and their biases. I'm just saying you got to play this game smart. You know there's going to be isms. You know there's going to be biases. That's the way this world works. That's the way it's always worked. There were some very unhappy people in Egypt. They didn't want to build in pyramids. Right. They had to. You know what I'm saying? So you had, you've had injustice and social injustice up, down, up, down, up, down since the beginning of time. Um, if you're a biblical person, Jesus didn't necessarily, I don't think, all the way 100% agree with wanting to be on the cross 24-7. You know what I'm saying? So there's things mm-hmm. that happened um, since the beginning of time through different, even different, like, you know, um, religions that show, you know, the empowerment of people, you know, bringing themselves out of, you know, a certain situation, you know, exodus is uh, of, of certain capacity. So, you know, I understand, and I'm not trying to get biblical with Monique and any other, but the point is you're in rooms to where you may be the fan favorite. You might not be the fan favorite. Obviously, a few people like you, that's why you're there, you know, and it's really your job to build upon your career. And I'm not saying that what Monique is experiencing, I'm taking away from her in any way. But I am saying that when you make a statement like that on a breakfast club where you say certain things, people are scratching their head, or you have Sharifa who's in entertainment scratching their head, you know, I think you have to be, you have to work harder on maybe making those achievements more of like, you know, from the household category. Because I know that, if you say you're not getting paid as much as actor number A, but you have this great fan base, they should also be able to unleash and, and, and be doing from an intelligent perspective. And, you know, she has other, you know, celebrities and people like standing up, but Netflix is driven by subscribers and they're not really, you know, making that move on her behalf. And I don't know if they would, I don't know, nor should they, but that's, I know what she's trying to do. She's trying to use her base to say, cut Netflix off cut Netflix off. But Netflix also brings a lot of people a lot of cheap enjoyment. So it's, it's just a lot of things to consider when we're out there doing things like that and we're playing this life game of chess, you know? Not saying that she, mm-hmm. should, she shouldn't do it. I don't want to I don't want to even fret like I'm in Monique's um, mind and her space to make the moves that she's making. All I'm saying is that for, as an outside player like we are, we're, we're, we're watching her play the game and we're in, we're in the bleachers as fans watching her do her thing. You know, you raise your eyebrow in a statement, and I'm looking at the gameplay like, hmm, maybe we, that could be done a little differently to re- achieve a, a, the same result, you know? Mm-hmm. I was actually, I mean, I, I agree with you, but I was actually really honestly curious, as, you know, like, what does she mean by that? You know, decorated. I mean, she's talking, mm-hmm. what is she even referring to? You know I mean? Because decorations can be, somebody who's decorated can be a lot of different things. So it was just kind of, uh, I, I think she was referring to, you know, her nominations and different things like that. But I also think mm-hmm. that when you look at her career and some of the accolades that she has received, those accolades weren't mm-hmm. necessarily for comedy. 
And then when you look at, and you say, you know, decorated comedian, it's like, okay, well, it's just like somebody who won awards in track turns around and says, you know what, I'm the best sports person ever when looking mm-hmm. at these people who, who ran, you know, foosball or played foosball. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, well, if you look at everything that you've done, you may have more awards than the foosball people, but in general, mm-hmm. you know, what kind of awards and accolades and decorations do you have? I mean, I, I just thought it was interesting on Friday, and I wanted to discuss it a little bit more as far as, um, you know, if you had the opportunity to look into it. But, I mean, I think in general Hollywood is changing, and the one message that I'm getting from everyone, from all of my, you know, connections, resources, everybody who has any kind of word on the street is that entertainment right now is moving more towards the feminine energy and away from the masculine energy. And so, you know, some of the problems that Monique has been dealing with may just, you know, go away. Well, I agree with you. I think Hollywood is definitely, Hollywood is, well, first of all, people have to realize this. Hollywood was created originally off of minorities and women. Originally, the technology of Hollywood, that's where it started. Then in the, then when, you know, the white, um, when a Caucasian male figured out that he liked it, he began to bankroll it, like, you know what I'm saying, in the early 20s. I mean, the early days of Hollywood, you know. And then all of a sudden you saw the money come in, the flooding come in, and that's what kind of swayed, you know, the perspective, if you will. Um, the women have always been a creative uh, point of this industry and a very powerful one. Um, and in the essence, they birthed it. Now, when going back, when going to Monique, right now, yeah, there's going to be there's gonna be women empowerment, and Hollywood definitely is embracing that. Uh, but it always just and but women. Let me tell you something about women also embracing more of Hollywood. Women are very, you know, they're they're like you know they protect their cave, they protect their dwellings, they protect their assets. You know what I'm saying? So even if 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 it's a bunch of executives who are women in Netflix, I don't know what would actually necessarily change for Monique because they're going to be looking at those numbers probably even harder than a man would. To tell you the truth. Because the dude's going to look over and scan over those numbers. Like, yeah, yeah, everything is cool. But a woman's going to be like, nah, nah, play 11. You missed this, you missed that, you missed this. That ain't right. That ain't going on over there. So you can get even a larger scrutiny. And I've seen that actually in business meetings to where, you know, guys will kind of brush over certain agendas. And then, you know, a female executives will be like, nope, too fast, too soon. Let's go over this a little bit more clearly to get the objective that we want. So even if you see more women in power, they're still going to be there to make the dollar. They're still going to be there to be profitable. Yeah, they're going to be a lot more... Yeah, they're going to be a lot more cognizant for, like, you know, uh, telling the women's story from a female perspective. But at the the end of the day, still going to look at uh, the the, the bottom line. You know, when I look at female executives in the town, they look at the dollar just as hard. Mm -hmm. And sometimes they can look harder because they don't want to appear soft, softer than the Mm -hmm. men. So they're like, okay, Mm -hmm. let me me make this deal and make this deal the way a man would have made this deal. So it's very interesting. Mm-hmm. It's very interesting. These times, they are changing. They, they are changing. I think just because you, we say let's have a, a female approach to something, um, it does not going to necessarily mean like, you know, you see women everywhere. I think you're going to have, yeah, they're more open to a women's story, leading the pack, but they're still going to look at the numbers. And um, that's really what it's going to come down to is going to be the numbers. So I think in Monique's perspective, look, if Monique, was locked into every subscriber for Netflix around the world, like literally locked into them, they would fear her because they wouldn't want her going out saying that. You see what I'm saying? Because I'd be mm-hmm. like, oh, no, she can really, she can really, you know, cause some damage. But I think what Netflix knew that she would do, she's going to go out there and cause a debate 
caused a conversation. They knew that she wasn't going to do anything strategically horrible for um, for uh, their subscription base because their subscription base now is global, you know, and it's it's multicultural. You know what I'm saying? And even though yes, there's of course a ton of African American people who subscribe to Netflix. Are they really going to side with Monique that much? Like, do, are they really consuming her content so much that when she says walk, they walk? Those are the areas where you got to be a little bit careful. You know, you got to be a little bit realistic. Unless Monique, of course, has different numbers than I know of, and she just has, like, you know, you know, 300 million Netflix subscribers just, just love her. You know what I'm saying? This isn't like Michael Jordan and the Bulls. Uh-huh. You feel me? To where, to where if he stops playing, you're not looking. This isn't like, you know, uh, if we're looking at, you know, the Williams sisters at Wimbledon are doing anything crazy, and they say, we're not showing up. You know, that changes the stuff. This isn't Tiger Woods in his prime when he says, I don't feel like golfing. You know, you're going to get some ratings discrepancies at that particular moment. You know what I'm saying? This isn't like Oprah saying, I'm not doing the Oprah show. Now you're going to have a problem. You know? Well, Oprah's um, been doing I the Oprah show. What did you say? I said, well, Oprah's not doing the Oprah show. No, what I'm saying is, like, just imagine Oprah in, like, you know, the the height of her career when before mm-hmm. OWN. You know what I'm saying? When she had the Oprah show, it should have been like, you know, I'm not, I'm not doing the show. It's going to feel just like when Michael Jordan said he's not playing basketball, he's going to baseball. You know, like mm-hmm. a ton of fans, their, their hearts drop. Like, oh, what do you mean? And then, like, just like in Chicago, one person says he's back and the whole city goes on fire. You get what I'm saying? So right. I think, Mo- Monique, I, 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 just look at, I just look at it like, you know, um, there, there's, there's the support. The, look, I look at it, I'm not going to get political, but for the Obamas, for anybody who voted for Obama, when they knew that his, 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 his presidency, his terms were ending, the second term, that uh-huh. emptiness people were filling. You get what I'm saying? So sometimes you have to, uh-huh. I'm not saying she has to be realistic, but I'm just saying I don't know if her saying leave Netflix invokes the same feeling that she might be trying to create that maybe other celebrities have had when they say they're leaving their industry or their time is coming to an end. You know, like when uh-huh. Kobe was saying, I'm retiring or you know, when certain things happen, it happened to be like, you know, they they feel tragic in a way. You know what I'm saying? I think she was trying mm-hmm. to, you know, raise awareness, say, bounce, leave. But I don't know if her numbers are that strong on Netflix. And again, I could be wrong, but I know that if I hear Monique telling me to come my Netflix, I'm going to come my Netflix subscription more because maybe there's like a truly huge injustice. But right now, mm-hmm. the women's movement is like gearing up. I'm seeing it through the Golden Globes. I'm seeing it through TV. I'm seeing it through a lot of different platforms. And um I think Monique is added to 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 that to that to that discussion. But just like when uh-huh. I saw Reese Witherspoon and Oprah, Oprah said the time is now for change. Oprah didn't say uh-huh. the time is now to cut your cable subscription and stop watching T V. Right. Oprah was like the time I mean, is think, now for I change. Think, right, but I think one reason that a lot of people um, love um, Oprah is that she can um, make anything sound so polite and normal. You know, it's like when Monique pre- presents the same argument, it's just like she just, to me, or, you know, and some people, just she just sounds as if she's being difficult. You know what I mean? It, it's just, and that's what I was saying on Friday. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I have the same problem, though, you know, the same exact problem where no matter what I say, people think that, that I'm being difficult. 
you know? Mm-hmm. Well, maybe, I mean, Oprah, of course, has a different level of persuasiveness, but let's look at it. When Oprah gives a speech to the Golden Globes, she's not telling everybody to stop acting in the TV, TV projects. She's not telling anybody to cut their cable subscriptions, right? If anything, mm-hmm. she's saying the time for change is now. You know, women will not tolerate being sexually harassed anymore. They have a voice, speak up. But none of the times does she say, quit, stop, cut, don't buy, don't do it, because she's a businesswoman. She's like, no, nah, keep on, right. keep it on. We're just going to adapt. You feel me? And I think Monique's right. stance is, oh, you don't want to adapt or change my number? Then I'm going to tell my subscribers to quit. And that's when Netflix right. is called the bluff. Like, okay, tell them to quit then. I think we'll still right. be here. You feel me? Right. Right. And I, I think okay. what it comes down to. Yes. I, I definitely agree. You know? You didn't catch that. So you, didn't, you didn't hear that. <laughs> no, actually, I, I thought that you just, you know, that's sometimes when people don't understand, like, the technology of, of a, a whole show thing. Sharifa just went in slow motion because her tape went in slow motion. That's what happens sometimes. Mm-hmm. She goes in slow motion. So it might have sounded like a yawn. No, it's just that, <laughs> it, you know, like a slow motion video. She spoke real mm-hmm. slow. What were you saying again, girl? What were you saying? Because it, it sounded mm-hmm. slow. What were you saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I she was said, mm-hmm. saying. It just came out slow. There it goes. I was saying that mm-hmm. in helping with the, the radio show and working with the, the radio show, I've been trying to think of other ways that I can help our listeners, especially ones that are interested in expanding their business. So I brought a couple of, of um, new opportunities to the table today. So we are going to stop for a brief commercial break and we will be okay. right back. Are you looking for a unique way to advertise for free? Why not add your business name to the growing business directory at AskSharifa.com? It's absolutely free, and you can benefit from being part of the Ask Sharifa network. That's AskSharifa.com. Where else can you get free advertising for your business? Increase website traffic and generate more leads fast and easy. Don't wait. Space is limited to a first-come basis. Visit AskSharifa.com today and get listed now. When you need an expert plumber, you need jordansruder.com. Get free estimates, 24-hour service, special discounts for seniors and veterans. That's jordansruder.com. Have a home repair or some remodeling you need done? No problem. We can handle all that, too. Give us a call today at 800-300-0358. At Jordans Ruder, we take pride in our work and always make sure to get the job done right the first time. That's jordansruder.com. We want to be your or Mr. Fix-It. Are you looking for an amazing business opportunity? Visit AskSharifa.com. Get the financial freedom you deserve. Partner with doTERRA and change lives as well as create your very own business. That's AskSharifa.com. Get products that sell and that people love using every day. Give us a call at 562-822-0965 or visit us online at AskSharifa.com. Are you ready for your financial freedom? Okay, we're back from that brief commercial break. Just a couple of opportunities we want to offer to our listeners today. 
So if you are listening mm-hmm. to this show on your computer and you like to join the conversation, feel free to give us a call at 646-564-9989. Again, that number is 646-564-9989. And if you're listening to the show on your phone and you like to join the conversation, please press 1. So we're back from that commercial break. We've let all of our listeners know where they can call in to join the conversation. So let's get back to your your thoughts and what's going on with you today. What what else is going on? I know we just we have a lot to discuss, um, but what else is going on with you, Showtime? Well, I mean, I love when you ask that, and then I don't, and then I do. The bottom line is, it's funny. It's always a funny question. Um, there's always a lot in Showtime's world because I've had a production company. I've had my production company for nine years. So in the beginning, you know, there might not have been that much going on, but I was still busy because, you know, you're busy learning. You're busy creating something to attract more business or, you know, more projects. And now mm-hmm. we have people who just kind of like trust more. So, you know, I'm, I'm excited. I think what excites me most, most about what's going on right now isn't so much about what any particular project is, even though they all might sound really cool. It, what mm-hmm. excites me the most is that, you know, it came from nothing. Um, right. It it, 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 it it started from – I always just look back to the beginning of Big M Entertainment before Interscope was the first client. Like, I go back to when there was no first client. It was just simply me sitting in a car dreaming up a production company, all things, and I had no rhyme or reason. It's just something that was in my spirit to do so. And I hadn't, there, I did not know Sharifa. You get what I'm saying? And I didn't know anybody that I knew now. And something was there to say, hey, you know enough about business to, to be honest and become better and keep creating and let's see what happens, you know? And now that I look at it now, um, I tell myself the same thing. Still be honest, keep creating, keep learning. And let's see what happens. So the projects seem to be reasons to, like, you know, be fired up. But the funny thing is when there were no projects, I was just as fired up, if that makes any sense. No, it makes perfect sense. It makes um, perfect sense. So what are you fired up about right now? I know you mentioned the new network that you're launching, a new project Mm -hmm. that you have in the Philippines. Mm -hmm. So mm-hmm. what what are you fired up about right now? Well, I'm fired about, you know, the, the project in the Philippines I'm fired up about because that proves that the production company can remaster and, and do some pretty darn good CGI. That particular project in the Philippines was floating. It, 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 they, they had filmed a movie, they had spent money on it, and then when they went for distribution, it wasn't happening because of how the movie was cut and a couple of things, a, a couple other things that, that I commented on with the executive producers. And we were able to fix them, return a trailer to the Philippines, and that gave us theatrical distribution. So, you know, that just opens up the door for us to be able to remaster more and bring in movies that have issues and problems and add a flair to the story, but also, more importantly, add technology that was not originally in the movie into the movie, Um, you know, because we went from having, uh, you know, shots that were practical, meaning that they were underwater shooting, you know, all kinds of things, swimming and whatnot, to, you know, digitally recreating those scenes and adding, you know, whale sharks and things of that nature dig- digitally. Like we over here playing around like we're baby, uh, 
like we're baby um, DreamWorks. You know, we're, we're adding like dinosaurs and stuff in this stuff. So that kind of stuff has me excited because the opportunity for us to work on projects um, abroad. You know, the Philippines is not the only international space that we're dealing with. We're also dealing with places like Egypt um, to where we have um, another property called The Outcast, which stars uh, Julia Roberts' brother, Eric Roberts, which I wrote. And we're getting ready to put together another project that's going to head towards Egypt. So right now it's pretty much just getting stuff in the theaters, getting into the mainland, dealing with um, a couple of premieres um, where I want to premiere a couple of things out of Sony Pictures and keep moving things forward, uh, deal with a couple of projects that are going to get pitched to network. Um, a lot of exciting things. But, again, you know, it's funny because I feel the same way that I did on day one with the company. Like, let's just be honest, let's create, and let's just see what happens. But right now, of course, we have momentum and we have, I have experience you know, from, you know, the editing perspective and the storytelling perspective. So, therefore, you know, you one thing about living and learning, you learn along the way if you stay true. So now that, you know, some things have been learned, you know, we've learned enough to be a little bit dangerous pretty much, a little bit. Mm-hmm. You are dangerous. You are dangerous. Where do you want to go with your um, your business, with, with your production company? Like, where do you see it going? Having the number one film in the in the country in the world, you know, I definitely see mm-hmm. that happening, uh, and I see that happening only because not of not of me. Like this is gonna be something that sounds pompous and confident, but that's not the reason why I say that. I say that because unless a business can attract the best, it won't put out the best. And we've attracted partnerships like on contract with people who have had the number one film in the country. So you kind of like listen to that magic dust. We've attracted them to work with us. We've attracted Oscar winners from films like Forrest Gump to partner with us. We've attracted NBA players with most, with not only multi-million, over $100 million contracts, Grammy award winners, um, Emmy, Emmy winners. So when you attract that type of talent to say, hey, Marvin, let's work together, these are people who do not have to say they want to work together with some startup headed by Showtime. You get what I'm saying? Like, they don't have to uh-huh. do that at all. They're, they have real awards um, for projects that I know of. You know, I know about movies like Forrest Gump. I know about Halloween, the franchise. I know about Aliens. I know about Predator. I know about Norbit. I know about all kinds of projects that our, our producers have been around, but from the 300, The Immortals, uh, that, the Blacklist TV show. You know, when I look at a ton of Sony TV shows and where they came from, you know, these are the people who have now championed us us, when I look, think of uh, people like um, who I sat in a room with, Charlie Andrews and Aisha Summers from Fox, you know, they, they're over there putting out that small show called Empire, you know what I'm saying? Um, so when you think about, you know, people and what they've done and turning around and saying, hey, you know, create, and we're down to see what you create, that's important. And that scales back to, it makes it seem like, you know, again, it's like, you know, we're tooting our own horn, but no, I'm just, or I'm putting my own horn, it's just, it's, you, you sit back, you stay honest, you learn, and then you attract. And then through that attraction, you know, you do great things. It's like Michael Jordan is a basketball player. He had to attract the NBA. He had to attract schools to allow him to go play North Carolina, to go play college. He had to attract coaches to say, come play for this team. Without his gameplay being attractive, he wouldn't have been on any team. He would never have been on the Bulls without attracting the NBA to draft him. 
So it's not like, you know, you just put yourself onto the bulls and you attract Gatorade and Nike by default. That's not what happens. You, 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 you do the best you can. You stay honest and you see what happens. But through our laws of attraction, I definitely see us having a number one film in the country, a number one film in the U.S., and, 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 and going on from there, only because of our laws of attraction, have, have attracted the best of the best. Even you, with your show, you've had, you've had um, partners. You've had people on your show, but you just don't partner with anybody, and you just don't have anybody on your show. So I think even the people who have graced your walls, who have graced your radio show, should be appreciative because I know you off the air, and I know how Sharifa talks about things that she's not attracted to. You know what I mean? So that's uh-huh. what you know. We we all have choices of who we can work with. So I just I'm just humbled with who we can work with. You know, like I'm humbled about this radio show. It's, it's really, really cool. No, I love it. I, I enjoy it. I, I enjoy being able to discuss um today's trending topics, what's going on in the world, especially um the world of entertainment. So I, I definitely mm-hmm. I'm enjoying doing the um, radio show or hosting the radio show. Yeah, and I know that it's tough. I mean, you know, all things are tough. I mean, my production company was tough in the beginning when I didn't know nothing about nothing. When I didn't know anything about production, I was like, ooh, this thing is crazy, you know? Um, but then mm-hmm. all of a sudden, you know, wow, stuff happened. Like when, when even though I mentioned like uh, De- uh, Dion's son Damon had given me the Showtime nickname, the funny part about it is that I was hired to co-write and co- uh, co-direct and co-write Dion's um, documentary, The Black Pearl, without Damon. Damon didn't even know. And that's her son, uh-huh. you know? So, again, I had attracted Dion's team to my work, you know? So, you know, uh-huh. for us and what we're doing, it's just like create the show. We'll just be honest, whether we have one listener, no listeners, 100,000, we're honest whether, you know, this is working or that's not working or that's making a lot of sense. We just, we're just honest and true. And then we just see where things go. I have a firm belief that the fact that you've made money talking to people, consulting, as have I, we can consult people for their benefit to become successful. That is right. That is right. That is right. That is right. I definitely agree. Do you have any tips and information for our, our listeners? Well, you got to realize, yeah, I got a big tip. Normally, Sharif and I charge people for, right. for producing or consulting. <laughs> and all they have to do here is simply turn on this show, tune in, play it, listen in. This information to the listeners for free. All they're doing is right. putting it on in the background and listening and playing it. And we're going to come with that information that we give people who we invoice. So it's kind of like if you love Jordans, there's, this is one particular store giving them away for free. All you got to do is show up and listen for a second. Right. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. It's so much um, that we're going to have to look forward to. I'm looking for, I look forward to the show expanding, growing, getting some guests, um, yep. I, I think, you know, t- the topics of the day, once we're able to do those things, I, I, mm-hmm. I think that um, it, it will make, you know, a significant difference. I, be, I believe I believe you a uh, thousand million percent. I think 
the topics of the day are going to be like our guests of the day. They give point, people a point of reference, uh, a, a reason to listen in. Like right now we're being ambiguous and we're getting our, you know, we're getting our, our foundation down. And from a technical perspective, these, these episodes, mm-hmm. nothing number eight, um, I think these episodes are simply about, um, you know, getting things to work, making sure the podcast mm-hmm. and everything is running, getting us acclimated to having a show at this time, you know. Um, all those things are important for success and, and the repetition of it all because I've already started talking to show guests as a matter of fact I had a breakfast with one over the weekend um, one of the things that you know kind of like you know um, pulled my time but you know he's definitely down to come in and speak uh-huh. and this is a gentleman who's been an actor he's connected to a ton of great people from Jamie Foxx to so and so and he's also an actor who's been a part of an amazing, amazing project um, I know he played Curtis Blow in the new edition story he's also a producing partner of mine but he was also on um, I believe HBO's The Wire for seasons, you know, and a lot of their cast, mm-hmm. he knows. Um, he's definitely connected to a lot of really awesome talent out there who who's on the big screen, you know what I'm saying, um, whether they're and, – and, and we'll keep the surprise where they are, but I know he's definitely connected to the cast of Black Panther as well as other mm-hmm. amazing cast and other films. Um, and he's overly excited for the show. So he's already um, scheduled to be on um, – probably not scheduled. He's already um, looking forward to becoming scheduled next week, and I can't wait to run um, his social media intermingled with ours, you know? And then we have other guys who've done amazing work on albums that the world has heard, you know, and artists the world has heard, ranging from, like, Tupac to J-Lo, you know? And um, that's a wild range. Into into movies, and, um, you know, these guys, you know, uh, one of my really good friends, um, he's a producer, but he also did the theme music for a film called Passion of the Christ, which did about $600 million in theaters. And he's mm-hmm. from a different country, country altogether. So these guys are all down for the radio show. I just wanted us also, like you know, you know, build that advertising in there, at least a model, you know, and you're doing an excellent job. You know, me and you meet up every hour <laughs> on, on in the eve. If mm-hmm. That's happening. You get what I'm saying? And then yes. like what you said was it was poignant but true. And no, not poignant but true, but poignant and true. It was once people have a, a show theme, a show title, and these guests, yeah, the show grow because now we're giving them a point, a reason to come listen to. And even in the archives, it's kind of like right now we have all these shows, no real point. So that's like walking into a library, but none of the books have titles. Which one do you pull? Right. Right. Yeah. So, so as we go, you know, as people, as we go this week, we'll probably start having those um, show, uh, the, the focus, the title of the show on there. And then people can go back in our history and they can say, now, I don't know about the breakdown of the first seven, eight episodes. There was a library without no title. It was kind of crazy. They was just talking. But as <laughs> we evolve, we're going to start putting titles on these books so you can pull them. And more interestingly, we're going to bring other people on with perspectives of success that I think our audience will love. No, I definitely agree. I definitely agree. We have so much information to share with our audience, and I'm – I'm having fun with the process. I mean, you don't always have fun with the process, but in this um, regard, I'm definitely having fun with the process. Okay, that's what it's about. Mm-hmm. It's about watching us grow to go from just the idea, from the conception of that idea to actually having a full-blown radio show with multiple episodes. Exactly. Exactly. And I couldn't agree with you more. 
because at the same time, and, and, and remember, we're like a living, breathing case study model. Like people say, oh, man, they're just talking like, how do I go from A to Z with my idea? We are that idea. Remember, the breakdown mm-hmm. is nothing more than an idea from Marvin and Sharif and now there's commercial breaks. We have guests who've been in major projects getting on. You're going to jump onto the calendar. And then it's mm-hmm. not just Sharifa and Marvin's perspective. Now it's a perspective of somebody who's there. I think I was watching my boy Melvin at the premiere of um, Black Panther, and I saw him with Jamie Foxx, and he was dressed like, um, as, as Akeem from uh, um, Coming to America. And Jamie Foxx is over there singing, She's Your Queen to Be. You know what I'm saying? In the social media. Oh, wow. With them, and they're, yeah, mm-hmm. they're having a good time. And um, whether, you know, Mel is with him or whether he's with, like, you know, Will Smith. You know, we're connected to, like, a lot of interestingly, interesting and fun people that I think at the end of the day, as the show grows, you know, the coolest thing is I know we're maybe a little bit premature right now for someone like Monique, but it's good to put it out there. But, you know, as the show grows, I definitely see Monique being able to touch on what she went through with Netflix. And then us having, instead of speculating like we have been, we get to talk directly to the horse's mouth and see exactly what she wanted to see happen. And we could challenge those views. She could challenge ours. And then our listeners can just benefit from all of that. Right. No, that's, yep. that, that sounds like what they call a plan. That's what they call it. They call oh, it a plan. Definitely a exactly plan. Mm-hmm. Yes. And, yes. Um, yes. And, and, and just like if our listeners were listening in the beginning of the show, which was Valentine's Day ago, um, we, we picked up the Thursday after Valentine's Day, and we were talking about how, you know, we're going to run for a few episodes and then, you know, get titles and then get guests. But like I said, I've already been lunching with some future guests. They are more than excited to jump onto the show and get their talk on. And even people from business, business, uh, different business fields altogether. We got guys in commodities who jump onto the show that deal in all kinds of, like, you know, precious minerals and gems who started companies. Um, some of them associated with some of the largest companies. And I'll leave that to, to them to discuss, you know. But but as the show goes forward, you know, there should be there's gonna be more and more people kind of coming in because you and I are both we're both respected in the industry. And I think that's very important. So when you're respected in the industry, people like your show, you have a ton of business owners that call in to talk to you to be exposed, respected in the industry. And all we did really is create another brand off of your already um successful brand and now just seeing where this brand goes, you know, the the, the breakdown, you know. So, um, but we are respected and we will have people with some very interesting careers and very interesting viewpoints, you know, gracing um, this, this show. And I think from there, you know, that was kind of, which was great for Oprah. When I look at Oprah's model, she was that person that um, if you split Oprah into a male and a female, you'd have us. And I think if you take that model and then add guests and add the ability for us to talk and listen and echo what people are feeling and, and try to get from point A to point B. That's what the breakdown is all about. Uh, I love it. That's what we have to do. We have to help people get from point A to point B because we did it. And, and once we, um, you know, once once you do it and you've done it a couple of times, then you're able to, to help other people do the same things that you've already done, you know? And the thing about it is some of these areas that we've been able to maneuver through, you know, with the right map, the right GPS system, 
it's not as confusing. And that's what we are. We're here to give people the map, the GPS, so that they know how to maneuver through these waters. Exactly. Very well said. I could not agree more. And I just, like I said, like you, we look forward to, um, we look forward to future episodes and a lot of very interesting, compelling discussions and some pretty amazing guests. I want to see how high up the food chain we go. I wouldn't be surprised if we can get to touch Oprah or get to touch a, a president because, um, you know, we have, and that's, that's thing, you know, we have relationships with all these political guys, you know, whether it's from like, you know, the Hillary Clinton camp or the Obama camp, even the Trump, the Trump camp. So I think at the end of the day, if we, if we're honest and we do a great job, um, and we we have that 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 uh, that show that's a really a great outlet for like you know some some awesome awesome discussions and of course is very well respected. Well, then you have a radio version of like the Oprah Show or something like that. You know, not saying it's easy. It takes a lot of work and a lot of honesty. You know what I'm saying? But I do yeah. think that we can we can grow to be that point to where people say, hey, I'm going to go on to the breakdown, talk to Marvin Sharifa, and um, right. And see what their point of view is on on this particular situation, or let me help, or let them help me clear that up with my audience, you know, and we go from there. Yes, absolutely, I definitely agree. There's so much to look forward to, so much to look forward to. The sky is the limit. I love doing radio because there there really isn't um, anything that you can't create. You know, we can we can talk about whatever we want to talk about. We can create, you know, new television show. I'm sorry, new radio show. We can create new conversations. It's so much that we can do, so many discussions that we can have, so many guests that we can have on the show. It just makes it easier that it's a call-in radio show and people can call in from anywhere in the world. I got a, and I got a question for you since you love to ask me questions. Let me ask you a question. Mm-hmm. You um, have seven minutes. From your morning from- from your morning radio, well, then it means you got seven minutes to answer because my question is going to be quick. Um, Showtime. From the morning, Go ahead. I'm sorry. From, from, from the morning radio show, from your morning show, um, mm-hmm. you know, name or, or describe something that you, like, learned that was pretty profound um, off of one of your callers or one of the people that you had as a guest on your show. Like, if you could pick something that one of your guests where you really learned something, which guest would that be and why? Wow, interesting question. And I would have to say that it was my guest um, who has a kids program called Health Ninjas. And what his program did does is the little kids are ninjas. They get their belt, their karate belts, and they do um, a lot of healthy things. They eat healthy. They get points for um, being nice, just a whole lot of different things that the health ninjas get. But what really surprised me about this show was the gentleman who started the program was a chiropractor. And he was telling me that 30, 40% of the the patients that he saw were children. And that kind of, you know, surprised me because when I thought of a chiropractor, I always think when people get old and they've been injured and their, you know, their back starts to, to hurt, um, it causes the back problems. Uh, I never mm-hmm. really would think that 30 to 40, because 30 to 40% is really almost half. 
So for almost yeah, half of the patients that he saw to be children, that was really surprising. But one of the things that he was saying is that, you know, children experience a lot of in, injuries, not just in, you know, growing up and falling down, you know, outside playing, but even small children, when they learn to walk, they keep falling down, falling down, falling down. They may cause injury to themselves, and that those injuries may affect their back. And I was like blown away. I was like, and I was telling him on the show that it was kind of interesting because in my family, growing up, like they we wouldn't even have thought to take a child to the doctor falling down. You know, our whole motto, mm-hmm. especially with children, is shake it off. Like that's the shake it off, mm-hmm. shake it off. We know you know you just fail and your back is hurt because you got the the little, you know, bones sticking out. We understand all that, mm-hmm. but you shake it off. You shake it off. That's what you did, you know. So it was just kind right. of surprising and interesting to me some of the issues that he relayed uh, as a chiropractor. I thought it was very, very interesting. Well, you know, you know, us growing up, they were like, you know, just take some NyQuil and call it a day. Yes. That's all you can do, testing. You, know. you get the testing. That's, that's all you, and, and you'll feel better. <laughs> they have yes. like a little bit of alcohol or something, and they'll just knock you out. Yes. You'll feel better no matter what you had. Yes, yes. So when he was telling me about the back problems, I'm like, wow. I mean, I've heard of different diseases where, you know, a person may have certain disease and it's causing them back pain or back problems. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, wow, 30 to 40% of your patients are children. And so by seeing mm-hmm. um, the different problems that weight had on children, lack of activity had on children, posture had on children, seeing these things as a chiropractor, he wanted to do something different and he wanted to do something fun that um, children can take a part can take part of. And so when we were discussing on the show the different aspects and he were talking he was talking about the children dancing and they got points for dancing and I'm like, hey, you need a flash mob. That's what you need. You need a health ninja right. flash mob. So he has told me that he's going to get that flash mob together, get some video, and then he's going to send it to me. And so I am waiting with bated breath expectantly to get a video of the health ninjas doing a flash mob. I think that's going to be cool, completely cool. Oh, that's fine. That's fine. I know. I know. Because you're doing a flash mob in order to get children to be healthier. I think that's wonderful. I think I think it's using technology the right way. It, it definitely is. And the thing about it is because they're being healthy, the focus is on using as little technology as possible. So where I thought that they would be doing a lot of selfies, and a lot of posting, and a lot through social media, they're almost anti-social media because they want the kids to go out and, and want to play. And then also the children are maybe between five years old and 11. So they, they haven't mm. really gotten all the way into that social media aspect. So it was very interesting. I had a lot of questions. But we'll have to answer well, some more of those questions on the next episode of The Breakdown, which will be when, Showtime? Tomorrow, um, sorry, tomorrow at 9 p.m. <laughs> no, the test question, <laughs> see if you pass, you got to do it with the host. Voice, you came back with the host voice, so that was cool. The Breakdown Radio Show will be back tomorrow, Tuesday, February 27th at 9 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Set your calendars, mark your calendars, tell a friend to join you on tomorrow's episode. 
for more information about our host, to be a guest, to advertise, to see some of our most recent shows, visit our website at thebreakdownradioshow.com.